0: This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 15 of Up the River by Oliver Optic A Partial Solution of the Mystery What does Captain Blastblow mean? Does he mean to run away with the islander? demanded Colonel Shepard when he realized that his steam yacht was again trying to elude him. He must have seen the Sylvania, I replied, very much perplexed by the conduct of the captain of the Islander. If he stopped at Key West at all, he must have seen us before he started. Is it possible to overtake her, Captain Alec? asked Colonel Shepard nervously. As the case now stands, Captain Blasblow is running away from us. He has some object in view which we cannot comprehend. I have no doubt we can overtake her, for she can't run in behind any keys or dodge into any unfamiliar channels. But I ought not to ask you to pursue her any further, continued the owner of the runaway steam yacht. I know your party wish to stop here, and I will not compel them to go any further. I think we can see all we want of Key West from the deck, interposed my father. At any rate, if we wish to spend any time in Key West, it'll be easy enough to come back here, for we have the whole summer before us, and the winter, too, if the summer is not long enough. I have no desire to stop here, and Margie would much rather continue with her friend Miss Edith than stop at this place, added Mr. Tiffany. We are all quite interested in solving the problem of the intentions of the captain of the islander. "'We will leave the whole matter to Alec, "'and whatever he does we will not complain,' said my father. "'You are a very considerate and kind gentleman, "'and I am under very great obligations to you and to Captain Alec "'for all the favors you have extended to me,' replied the colonel. "'If it is left to me we will chase the islander,' I added, "'but we must land our shipwrecked passengers here.' and that will take a little time, and I want a pilot, for I don't like to lose any time in those shoal waters and crooked channels. Get your boats all ready, Captain Alec, and it won't take five minutes to land me and my men, and I will put your steamer where you can get a pilot in two minutes, interposed Captain Mayfield. I have no doubt we should have all perished if you had not come to the wreck at no small peril to your vessel. AND I HOPE THE TIME WILL COME WHEN I SHALL HAVE A CHANCE TO DO SOMETHING FOR YOU. OH, THAT'S ALL RIGHT, I REPLIED. I HOPE I NEVER SHALL BE IN A SITUATION TO NEED SO MUCH HELP AS WE HAD A CHANCE TO GIVE YOU, CAPTAIN Mayfield. I GAVE THE ORDER TO CLEAR AWAY THE BOATS, AND DAVITS WERE SWUNG OUT, AND THE FALLS MANNED READY TO DROP THEM INTO THE WATER WITHOUT A MOMENT'S DELAY. The ship's company of the Olive shook hands with me and thanked me very warmly for what the Sylvania had done for them. I was sorry to part with them so hastily, but the anxiety of the colonel seemed to admit of no other course. Captain Mayfield ran the steamer within a hundred yards of the shore by Tiff's observatory. He rang to back her, and as soon as she had lost her headway, the two boats were dropped into the water with two hands in each. They were then brought up to the gangway steps, which had been rigged for the use of the ladies, who were all ready to embark. We assisted Mrs. Mayfield and her daughters into the stern sheets of one, and the captain joined them. The boat shoved off when the mate and four of the sailors had stowed themselves away. The captain and the ladies waved their adieux as soon as Dyer and Hop began to pull before the port boat was off the second mate and the rest of the seamen had piled into the starboard boat and both were off at nearly the same time. I saw the seamen in both boats assisting the oarsmen, and the boat went through the water at a lively rate. Not more than two minutes had elapsed before the party were all on shore. Several men hastened up to Captain Mayfield, and I saw them select one of them, who immediately jumped into the port boat. It was hardly a minute more before the boat were under the falls. They were rapidly hoisted up and swung inboard. The men leaped out of them, and Washburn rang to back the boat into deeper water. The men secured the boats, and the person sent off went into the pilot house. I looked at the clock and found we had lost less than ten minutes in landing the wrecked party, during which time the islander had made over a mile. Moses Brickland had been attending to the furnaces while the boats were absent with the two firemen, and I was sure that he had a good head of steam on. The pilot was a swarthy person with long black hair, and I had no doubt he was a conch, as Captain Mayfield had described them to me. He was well dressed in seaman's blue clothes. I rather liked the looks of the man and began to feel confidence in him as soon as I saw him. "'I am glad to see you, Mr. Pilot,' I said, giving him my hand, "'when I went into the pilot-house after assuring myself that the boats were well secured. "'Thank you again, Captain Alec,' he replied with a smile. "'As you seem to know my name, it is no more than fair that I should know yours,' "'I replied, as good-naturedly as he had spoken. "'I am called Captain Cayo, and my name is Cazador, which is the Spanish for hunter.' but it don't make much difference what you call me k o is spanish for key and people here are so used to the word that they have given it to me for a name where are you bound captain aleck to new orleans or rather we are bound to overhaul the little steamer just like this one which left here not more than half an hour before we arrived i replied "'I should have thought it was the same steamer if I had seen both of them at the same time,' replied Captain K.O., "'who had taken the wheel when the first came on to the pilot-house, "'and he had been engaged to take the Sylvania through the Northwest Channel, as it is called. "'You wish to overhaul the Islander, do you?' "'Her owner is on board of this steamer, and he is very anxious to get on board of her,' I answered. "'Very well. If the Sylvania has the speed, we will overhaul her, Captain Alec,' added the pilot. "'Where did you learn my name, Captain K.O.? "'For you called me by it before anyone had used it on board, "'and those who came off in the boat with you invariably called me Captain Garningham.' "'I inquired, taking up one of the points which had attracted my attention from the first. "'I heard you so called by a gentleman who arrived here by the morning steamer from Cedar Keys.' "'Who was the gentleman?' I asked with interest. "'I don't remember his name if I heard it at all. "'What time did the islander get to Key West? "'Not more than two hours before the Sylvania I went on board of her to offer my services as pilot. "'The captain did not want a pilot for he had a conk on board who used to live in the city.' Then this man is now piloting the islander through the channel? I suppose he is, but I don't think he is a pilot, for he has taken the steamer a long way to the eastward of the bar buoy. She went pretty near a shoal within only five feet of water on it. I shall make one sea mile in going five compared with the course of the islander. "'I'm very glad to hear it. "'What sort of a looking person was it "'that came in the morning boat from Cedar Keys?' I asked. "'The pilot described Cornwood as though he were a novelist. "'Of course, I had no difficulty in supposing it was he. "'In order to get the most reliable intelligence from the pilot, "'I told him about the abrupt departure of the islander from Jacksonville "'without her owner and his family.' I stated my belief that Captain Blastblow was avoiding us, and that he had put to sea as soon as he discovered the Sylvania headed in for Key West. I told him the sudden departure of the other steamer was a great misty to her owner and all the rest of us. I am sure I don't know anything about the matter, Captain Alec. I don't believe the islander intended to stop at the city, for the man from Cedar Keys, his name is Cornwood, I interpose, cornwood went off in a boat and hailed the islander she would not stop till he flourished a letter i was out in my boat looking for any craft that wanted a pilot and i was close aboard of her when she stopped i climbed aboard on one side while cornwood got aboard on the other instead of delivering the letter to the captain he said it was for a person supposed to be on board The captain indulged in strong talk, but Cornwood made some statement I did not hear which seemed to satisfy him. The steamer came to anchor just outside of Fort Taylor. When the captain told me he did not want a pilot, I left the steamer. As I pulled away, I saw that a sharp lookout was kept over the stern of the islander, which I can understand now if I could not then. You don't know whether or not Cornwood delivered any letter to the captain of the islander i required with deep interest very likely he did but not while i was on board i pulled up the harbor and landed the other side of the lazaretto before i reached the shore i saw cornwood and a swellish looking fellow rowing in the same landing place cornwood was talking very earnestly to the swell and continued to do so after they got ashore what did the swell look like, I asked, wondering who he could be, for I had seen all the crew of the islander and couldn't remember no one that looked like a swell. Captain Kayo gave a minute description of the person, but it would have applied as well to one as swell as to the other. Did you see anything more of cornwood in this swell, I asked, somewhat excited over the narrative and hoping to get some clue to the conspiracy for running off the islander. Cornwood and the young fellow took a seat on a bench near the landing place and talked for a full hour. Before they got through, I had a sight of this steamer coming up by the West Sambo. I passed quite near them on my way up to the hill to the lighthouse and to see if I could make out your steamer. As I did so, I heard Cornwood call the other fellow Nick. Nick, I exclaimed, looking at Washburn. That explains it all, added the mate. What does it explain, asked the pilot, who seemed to be quite as much interested in the case as Washburn and myself were. It explains another story I have not told, and which I did not suppose had anything to do with this matter of the running off of the Islander. I related the affair of the robbery of the messenger of the bank, giving all the details of the case, including the unexplained disappearance of Nick Boomsby the case looked as plain as day to washburn and myself nick had taken possession of the package of money and concealed it somewhere under the counter and doubtless there were holes and corners enough there where he could put it without it being seen by his father he wanted to get out of jacksonville as soon as possible after the robbery he had applied to me with his pathetic story of being compelled to sell whiskey and wanted to be taken as a passenger in the sylvania "'Nick had the card written by Colonel Shepard, "'which he delivered the night before we sailed,' said Washburn. "'I should like to know what was written on that card,' I added. "'Probably it was nothing more than an intimation from the Colonel "'that he should be ready to sail the next morning.' "'He had not room enough on the card to go into the particulars,' "'answered Washburn. "'You saw him write the card, Alec. "'There was not more than a line or two on it, "'for it was done in half a minute, signature and all.' Captain Blasblow had steam up in the morning as directed, continued to Washburn. Nick observed the writing closely and wrote a letter such as he wanted for use the next morning. Captain Blasblow is not to blame unless it is for letting Nick deceive him. The case looked plain enough now. End of chapter